A day without play is a dark day indeed. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. I have known many people who moved to northern New England from states with more mild climates like North Carolina and Tennessee, to name a couple. Some muscled through one or two winters, but for many of these folks, years of regularly shoveling off their driveways, clearing off their cars, and watching the sunset at 3pm eventually takes its toll. The long days and warm sun of a southern winter beckons, and they retreat south. But for so many of these folks, they have missed the whole point of winter. To understand how to thrive in a northern winter, you need not look any farther than a schoolyard. Winter for these wee little humans isn't about shoveling, stocking pantry shelves, or toughing it out. It's about snow days, sledding hills, and snowball fights. It's about following squirrel tracks, building snow shelters, and eating snow by the mittenful. In short, it's about fun. For when you allow yourself to bask in the warm glow of a frigid afternoon of skiing, a cold January rain in snowless Georgia seems entirely bleak. So let's strap on our skis or lace up our skates and take a look at how winter play works. For me, there is no greater mode of transportation or wintertime fun than ice skating along vast stretches of rivers or across massive lakes and ponds. The speed I can travel, the wind on my cheeks, the grinding noise of my steel blades against rough ice, and the gentle hiss when I glide along smooth ice, I love everything about it. But how could this even possibly work? I think most folks would instinctually know that if I tried the same trick across concrete, dirt, or wood, the skates would dig in and stick rather than glide along the surface, not to mention destroy my precious blades. For one, ice skating works because ice floats on water. So that's good for keeping us dry, so long as we stay on satisfactorily thick ice. But that is only part of the story. Have you ever heard the rationale that the pressure of a skate bearing down on the ice creates a liquid film of water over the surface of ice, thus making it slippery? Well, that's only a partial truth. While the pressure of an ice skate on the ice does increase the temperature enough for scientists with sophisticated instruments to measure an increase in temperature, this effect is pretty minimal, maybe something like a half a degree, which surely would do little when it is 10 degrees outside. Some might say the friction of the skate moving might create enough heat to do the same. Again, there is certainly truth in this, but the effect is minimal and does not account for why ice is so slippery even before there is any movement across it. Rather, it is the unbridled oddness of ice as a substance that accounts for the bulk of its slipperiness. Ice is a crystalline arrangement of water molecules, which is to say each molecule is somewhat adhered to the ones next to it, thus creating a 3D crystal. But those molecules that are on the outside of the crystal behave a bit differently. Because they are not completely bound up in the crystal, they behave like a quasi-liquid. One such behavior of these ice surface molecules is water-like slipperiness, even though it is technically a solid. This effect is also why skis glide so effortlessly across snow, so long as they are big enough to provide enough buoyancy to prevent the skis from being buried in the fluffy white depths. 
So this weekend, if you have a friend from a warmer climate, you could reach out to them and offer to show them a thing or two about how to have fun outside in a northern winter. Ice skating and skiing aren't the only types of winter fun to be had, so consider snowshoeing, ice fishing, curling, or even just a walk through snowless cold woods. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology.